Well, hello there. How you doing? Welcome to the First Step Theology Podcast, where we discuss our glorious God so that we might all love and enjoy Him in a greater way. I'm here with Luke Rasmussen. How you doing, mate? Jolly boy. I am very well. Mm. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. It's good to be back in the office together. And yes. Yeah. We're socially distant, just for everyone listening at home. That's completely unrelated to COVID. It's just I'd try take a wide girth around <laughs> you anyway. I'd hate to catch your um, the infection that causes you to have horrible jokes or, or, or bad fashion sense. It's called being a dad, mate. And could you just, sorry, move over? I'm just getting need to get my phone out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dear. Actually, I was reflecting last night um, as I was going to bed, weirdly enough. <laughs> Sorry, you're saying you're on social distancing and now you're reflecting. So who were you reflecting on when uh, you were so going to bed? I was reflecting on the time that we first met. Oh, yeah, that was a beautiful moment, Remember actually. That? Luke and I were studying a course together and uh, I was obviously one of the cool kids up the back with heaps of friends. And Luke, must did you like come in late or something, like a week late or something like that? Yeah, and yeah. And um, he was sitting over on the the lame side of the classroom all by himself. (laughs) Yeah. My idea of that course was I just wanted to like sneak in, sneak out. Sure. Yeah. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And and the best, the thing that is cut into my memory. All right. (laughs) So if you haven't seen Luke, he's he's got a ferocious beard. He looks great. But uh, I remember that day he was dressed like like a toddler who'd been left to dress themselves. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he had a cardigan on covered in, was it a llama cardigan? Something like that. Yeah, like probably. The most outrageous thing I've ever seen in his skinny youth pastor jeans. It looked like that was spray painted on. Yeah, that's true. I, sad thing is I still own all of those things. <laughs> you do. They're more holy now. but That's true. They literally are more holy now. Yeah. Actually, one of the things I love about you is how adamantly you were convinced that you started the hipster trend. That is true. Well, hold on. No, 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 no. Actually, I, I, I rebuke that. I am not a hipster. And this is the thing that always gets me. And people always say, oh, well, that's a hipster thing to say. Is that I dressed the <laughs> way is. I dressed. Did and I say that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I dressed the way I dressed and do the things I do before it was hipster. But there's nothing I can do about it. It's like, sure, it's inevitable. Yeah. Y- yeah. You dressed like a fool before it became <laughs> exactly like right. accepted socially. Yeah. Uh, what is my, my dad calls it, um, oh, I can't remember what he calls it, but it's nasty, whatever he calls it. It reminds me actually, um, <laughs> When I was a youth pastor back in the day, they, it, I had like for some reason I got a bit of a reputation for it, and and because of that, our church got a reputation for it. Sure. And um, there was a Baptist youth event that was going on while we were having youth downstairs. They were having a youth event upstairs. I don't know why we were separate, but that was just the way it was. <laughs> right. And anyway, I was going upstairs to collect something from the kitchen, and there was these two like I don't know fourteen year old girls just standing there looking very like pensive thinking like yeah apparently this is a really hipster church you know like this is a really hipster church and because at the front my bike was changed to the front of the church and i did roll through the youth event like barefoot and bearded <laughs> and i didn't mean to it was just like one of those things i was like oh i'm not doing myself any favors nah. yeah that's that would have just been perfect for them because like, yeah apparently they're really oh Oh, and there's a guy like walking past really like He's riding so, on his bike with his fresh produce from the farmer's market <laughs> Yeah, with his kombucha <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and his farmer's ale. Yeah. You did exclusively drink kombucha for a while there, didn't you? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I just sound like an absolute... <laughs> plonker. Plonker. Yeah. yeah, that's a good word. Plonker. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, we Blanca actually is, but anyway, carry on. No, we got some beautiful people in our church that whenever you go for like a pastoral visit or whatever, they'll give you a six pack of kombucha. Hey? They do. <laughs> How beautiful <laughs> is that? It's so nice. That uh, even to this point, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't need the kombucha. No, no, <laughs> we want to bless you with your kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they like they don't keep it there. They they like take it home. Oh yeah, it's yeah. almost like they're like have one while feed the homeless guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, you do look like that as well, but I wasn't going to go there. My favourite jacket I did find, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go well. Anyway, anyway, we should move on. Yeah. Hey, this is a resource of Gospel Life Church Adelaide, which is a new church plant here in uh, Adelaide. We're like, what, 18 months old? Yeah. Well, since, like, yeah. since gathering publicly, at least. We were a bit older than that in terms of praying together and things like that, but... Um, yeah, it's going well. It's going really well. I can't believe that. Nothing's blown up yet. We haven't killed anyone. That's true. They're the two two ticks of a healthy church, aren't they? Wait till we start baptising people because we may drown someone. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. We haven't ticked well, all the drive things drive-by baptising people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Hey, I got no hate mail for that so far, so oh, that's good. it'll be taking off. Yeah, It's very uh, just like the whole hipster trend. Mm. We're setting trends here on... Uh, we're, we're really not. Anyway, if you uh, if you're not a passing part of uh, gospel life, then we're glad that you're here with us, and we hope that this will be edifying and fruitful. And um, we're talking theology, which is simply to say that we're talking about our great God, so that we might love Him, and our worship would be fueled by an understanding of who He is and how He has revealed Himself to us. And so uh, we have covered off uh, what are called the incommunicable attributes of God, which are things that are only true about God. He is, we could sum them up in saying that he is infinite and we are not. He is the creator and we are his creatures. Mm. Um, and today we get to what is uh, probably the biggest topic and uh, the reason we've put it right in the middle is it's a good transition because it sums up everything we've talked about already. And then it launches into uh, what are the communicable attributes. Yeah, and a pretty bit of a precursor before we start. We uh, we love this subject, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so there is a risk that this may go over time. Yeah, so uh, I hope the drive that you're on is about three and a half hours long because it <laughs> <laughs> might right. be the length of this podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. We are talking about our God who is holy, our holy God. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And uh, that's a word that we use a lot, right? Yeah. God is holy or our holy God or the Holy Spirit or, you know, whatever it may be. But do we actually know what it means? Does that carry weight for us? And I want to start uh, today with this question. And I want to ask you, Christian uh, believer, is the God that you worship holy? (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Luke just quietly opened his drawer to pick up a, a cricket ball why did you do that i just i saw the basketball over there and i was like i need all right i'm glad for the distraction let me ask that question again is the god you worship holy is he holy because the god of the bible is holy yeah if you really think about it it is this subject that kicked things off for us mm. and so important to understand mm. in knowing god yeah, 
in understanding who our God is. If we yeah. don't get this right, we get everything else wrong. Yep. That's a good place to start. It is a very good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, um, as part of our church service on Sunday, we had a beautiful testimony from um, one of the ladies in our church. And um, as she was reflecting on something uh, or her idea of God in the past, um, she said this, and I'm just going to pull this grab in real quick because it's really great and I think it sets up our discussion. In thinking who I knew God was, he really wasn't that person at all. Like I'd created this image of who I thought he should be. I guess during my time um, as an adult and as a mum, um, when I wasn't really going to church, I had decided who I wanted him to be to fit with my lifestyle. So I, I sort of like, um, he wasn't the king of my life. I didn't acknowledge his sovereignty and I, I certainly didn't place my trust and control in him. So um, <clears throat> I guess I created him into an image of a person that I wanted him to be to fit, you know, the things that that were easy for me. The things I didn't like about him, I kind of ignored, and the things I did like, I would really get excited about and share with people. I think that is a common testimony of people, either right now or from their past, of having a God that either they didn't fully know or a God who they had created in their own image. And really, the solution to that is to recognize that God is holy. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. There's whole movements based on the fact of just ideas that people have grabbed about God, right? Mm. And then just have jumped on that missing uh, and that idea of God in reflection of who they think he should be, Yeah, right? Yeah, we get so caught up on the God who is love mm. or loving. We get so caught up on, oh, and, you know, for good reason, that God is mm. loving and God is gracious and he is merciful. Yeah, but that love is not the biblical love that we see, right? It's yeah. that it's my version of what I think. Totally. Subjective, you know, like it's... Yeah, we define God based on our understanding of love yeah, big or time. grace or whatever it may be. And we forget the fact that he is holy and therefore his holiness defines his love. Big it time. defines his grace. It defines his mercy. So then when, when we're talking about holiness today, how, how are we going to define it so it's, it's simple mm. for people to understand? Mm. Well, see, this is where it gets difficult because... and. We're just going to say from the get-go, we are not going to do justice to this subject. Yeah. This is a huge subject. Yeah. and uh, if We're you, not professionals. No, if you took it with a fine-tooth <laughs> comb through this podcast, there will be so many things that are wrong with it. But that being said, we just want to break it into two simple categories. Firstly, the fact that God is holy. It is uh, the thing that is most said about him in the Bible. It is his in his nature, he is holy. Um, and then we're going to talk about, secondly, how God is the example of holiness. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, the fact that God is holy. What do we mean when we say that God is holy? So, really what we're saying, just for a second now, just think mm. about it. It's we're saying his, um, we are, it's his nature mm. that then defines character. Yeah. Which is a, as in our character, you mean? Well, as in his character. Because yeah, sure. he is holy, he acts in a holy way. And so, therefore... He calls us mm. to be holy, and so then we're called to act in a certain way yeah. because we are now um, mm. brought into that family. Yeah. And so. the reason we want to separate those two is because they have to be. So mm. the fact that God is holy, when we talk about the word holy, um, biblically, and this is um, from R.C. Sproul, um, 
who's just an exceptional theologian, late, um, who's passed now, but he says that when the Bible talks about God as holy, it talks about him as transcendently separate. He's got a way with words, right? Transcendently separate. There's lots of um, S's in there. But uh, what that essentially means is that not only is he separate in the sense that Luke and I are separate from one another right now, but he is separate in a transcendent sense. He is separate from us because he is so much greater than us. Yeah. So that then speaks into his independence as well, mm. right? Like it, yeah. Everything we've talked about, right? Yeah. The fact that he is the creator, we are his creatures. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, if you've got a Bible or, you know, if you're driving, then don't get your Bible, we'll read it to you. But uh, <laughs> a good place to go for this is Isaiah chapter 6, which is uh, the story about Isaiah and his vision of the Lord in the temple. And uh, do you want to read it, Luke? Do you have I would love to. Go yeah, so I'm reading from the ESV. Boom. Uh, it says this, uh, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each with six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And then, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Hmm. The foundations of the threshold shook. The voice of him who called and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Mm. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having a his hand, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. Mm. Boom. Boom. Now you would have heard this uh referred to quite often, right? This is a good, like, go-to Old Testament passage. Time. But uh, what's really integral to this passage is uh, the holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And, um, you know, when the Bible wants to emphasize something, this is an old uh, Hebrew form of literature where in English, to emphasize something in writing, we would put an exclamation point, we would bold it, we would underline it, we would italics it, we would, ex- you know, all the options, yeah. right? Hebrew literature, they would it would be repeated, right? So often we will see things that are repeated twice. For example, when Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. Mm-hmm. Now, did he say truly in reality, or is that the writer showing how he is emphasizing that word truly? In other words, to say, listen up, punk. Yeah. Like what I'm about to say. I have authority. I have Listen. Author- totally. Yeah. Now, when it does it three times, there's only a few times in Scripture that something is repeated three times. This is like, listen up, everybody. This yeah. is. <laughs> this might be the most important thing that you read. Yeah. Now, Luke, there is only. I don't know if you know this because you don't know much. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. There is only one characteristic of God that is repeated three times in the Bible. Oh, I'm going to guess. Yeah, go ahead. Because I, I don't know much. Sure, yeah. His holiness, right? It is. His holiness. Woo! I'm out. You it's me, it. Luke Rasmussen. <laughs> you Retiring. Go. One of one. Yeah. Uh, something else to also note in there mm. um, is that when uh, it is repeated, it is actually talking of that he, it is imperfection. That is, it Absolutely. is. So he's, he's perfectly holy. It's mm. like there's nothing missing mm. within that. Yeah, we could translate it holy most holy, holiest. 
Yeah. In other words, there is no one on the same level. There is no one that even gets close to this sort of holiness. Yeah. So even in hearing that, you can see that the, the two things that we've used to discuss holy today mm. are kind of looking at it one dimensionally. Mm. Like it just shows the, the depth of what we're talking about when we're talking about holiness. Because mm. like holy, you know, like that, that's talking about his sovereignty. Mm. It's talking about, you know, and that's something that is um, portrayed so clearly. Yeah. Even uh, in this text where it talks about the fact, it said, I saw the Lord. That word Lord there was Adonai, which means the sovereign one. Mm. So like when it's talking about his, they, they're creating a whole picture of this sovereign, separate, ruling, holy God. Yeah. And in fact, that's important you brought up that. Um, because in verse 1, it uses the word Lord, which is capital L, lowercase O-R-D. Yep. And here's a quick tip for you. If, when you see that word, that uh, that is a translation of the word Adonai, which means the sovereign one. But now go and look in verse, uh, where are we in verse 3, where it says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The word Lord there is translated capital L and then capital O-R-D. It's all capitals. And we have a distinction here between Lord, lowercase O-R-D, yep. and uppercase O-R-D. And uh, the reason for that is, uh, obviously, our English translation doesn't have the same breadth as the um, Hebrew language. The second use, where it is all capitals, is a translation of the name of God, yeah, Yahweh. The yeah. sacred, holy name of God that you know Jewish Israelites wouldn't even utter mm. because it was so important and sacred that that says something about god's holiness right even just in that um statement so when we distinguish between those adonai is a title yep is the sovereign one and uh yahweh is god's name Mm. the name that he is uh, given for himself revealed himself to us in in moses in the burning bush yeah absolutely which is really really interesting yeah even his name is sacred yeah yeah and as well as it what, like in the Jewish culture, mm. they wouldn't even write it, no, because they were they treated him with such holiness. That's mm. a bit of a kick in the pants in the way that we treat. For sure, yeah, and and so maybe that's a good thing to go look at now is um, how um, Isaiah responds to his vision of God in the temple yeah. and, and uh, the seraphim calling out that he is holy, holy, holy. What's he do in verse five? He says, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That Lord there again is, is the name of God, is Yahweh. Mm. Now, I- integral here, when, when Isaiah sees the holiness of God, how does he respond? Yeah, that's right. He absolutely buckles. Absolutely buckles. And it's important to note the position of Isaiah in, in like Israel culture um, was that he was like set apart to be a prophet mm. as well as there's a lot of evidence to show that he was related to King Uzziah, mm. the, the guy who died. Right. So he was seen on a very high plane. Yeah, man there, of status. A man of absolute status. And to be a man of status in Israel most of the time was you, were, you follow the law to the T. Mm. You know, like... Especially in the time of Uzziah. Uzziah, I mean, he lost a little bit at the end there. Mm. but He had a good start. He had a great yeah. start. And he, he was one of bringing the holiness, uh, you know, respect 
to, yeah. you know, to, to... Back to temple worship and yeah. to, to respecting Yahweh for who he was. Yeah. Mm. So, like, we're not talking about, like, a scumbag. No. But, so he stands for this holy God mm. and... He's like, I am a scumbag. Yeah. Woe is me. That is that. What to say? Woe is me is is he calls curses upon mm, himself. Damned is me. Maybe yeah. another translation. Yeah. Uh, that is is insane. So he falls to his knees and he's he declares that he is one who is. Um, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Mm. That is the response mm. of a, a creature yeah. before a holy god is to hide. Yeah, we even get glimpses of that with the seraphim. Like the seraphim, you notice that they cover their feet. Mm. Cover their feet. That is a connectedness to the earth, which is a creatureness. Mm. Same ways that when God said to Moses, "Yeah, um, take your sandals off." For this is holy ground. This is holy ground. Mm. This is reminding him of you're just a creature yeah. in this. And when you stand before this God, you're reminded that you are just a simple, for sure, created. Yeah, and this is a repetition that we see throughout Scripture. As people are confronted with God, as we see God, they they see themselves for who we truly are, yeah, and we are confronted good. with our sinfulness. I think of Peter uh, in the boat, um, "Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man." He says, J- um, "John on Patmos, mm. when he sees the glory of God, he falls on his face." Yeah. As a dead man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like th- th- there is a when we confront. The holy, we see most perfectly who we are. We're yeah. confronted with our sin. Actually, you have you've got a good story about this that that really shifted how you view God and faith, right? Oh, massively. Yeah, I was um I grew up Christian home, all that kind of stuff. I was like the goody goody two shoe kid. Like mm. as in when they had Sunday school, mm. I was the kind of kid who would memorize all the Bible verses. You know, like <laughs> that was me. I was super keen. Yeah, you were the kid at like high school when there's no dress code, you wear a suit, like a suit and tie, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was cool, man. <laughs> be, I was cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I was heaps cool. With my llama cardigan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, like the type of kid who would like was, you know, would want to tell people about Jesus and all that kind of stuff, like fully show. Anyway, get married, was just about to go into youth pastoring, and this show is really where I was at. I remember saying to my wife, oh, we should bring our Bibles along so we can read them together. Like, <laughs> oh, on your holiday, you mean? On our holiday. I thought you meant to like youth ministry. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, going to ministering, I should bring my Bible. Should bring my Bible up. Yeah. Well, you know what? That was probably where I was at yeah. too. Anyway, sure. so we're going over to Europe um, to spend some time with that. And then when we get back, we're going to become youth pastors. Anyway, mm. I remember I was reading the Word. I was reading Matthew 7. And when... Um, Jesus says um, to those people who said, I've done this, I've done this, and I've done this in your name. Mm. And um, he said, be gone. I I, I never knew you. Mm. And it was in that moment where I became so aware of the holiness of God Mm. and the fact that this God will judge me. (laughs) And I realized, oh, man, I, I was like, I can't stand up to this. And it wrecked me. Honestly, I didn't eat. You can ask my wife this. I, I like confessed every sin to her, like every mm. little. Like I was like, you know, like they talk about Martin Luther would like, yeah, yeah, not to that level, but I was just like confessing everything. Like it was just crazy. I just like felt the weight of who I truly was, mm. before, especially before a holy God. I was, yeah, it, it, I didn't eat for months. Yeah, I lost. You know, most people go to Europe and like. 
pack on KGs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I lost like 15 kilos or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was a fast of repentance, even though you didn't intend it, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you saw the holiness of God and it shook you to, to your core. Big time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we all kind of need something. Like we all need that, don't we? To stand, to stand before God mm. in some way, shape or form. And this is what the gospel should do in us. Mm. Is to cause us to be like, I am. Woe is me. Yeah, damned is me. I am doomed. Yeah. Yeah. As, as I said, I am, ESV says I am lost, but other translation says I am undone, <laughs> which literally means to like be coming apart at the seams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's so important that we see God for who he is as holy, and we can't just hold on to his graciousness and his love. We, mm. we need that, and thank goodness for that. But we also need to see him as he has revealed himself to us. That yeah. He is a God of justice. Yeah. Although understanding his holiness then frames those other things. Absolutely. If you, if you get rid of the holiness, then he's just like, you know, just another bloke who just happens to have power. He's like a superhero. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. you know, his otherness then frames the way that he loves, the mm. way that he shows justice, the Absolutely. way that... Absolutely. so essential. So essential. Yeah. Do you want to go into the gospel right now? We're going to leave it for the practical at the end, but... Let's leave them hanging. Leave people hanging? Yeah. Let's go to the... All right. I've just been overruled, people. You heard (laughs) it. You saw that. (laughs) And my hand actions, by the way, were like, leave it. Okay, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Back down. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, while we're here, though, actually, let's break down the argument because we do hold on to the fact that God is love. And in in fact, the Bible says that God is love, right? Yeah, 1 John 4, 8. Yeah. So, so how do you uh, how do you deal with that? Yeah. <laughs> well, ultimately, it, it's framing it with the holiness first. Yeah. So God is holy, mm. and He is love, but that love does is not um, the love that you and I mm. uh, seem to f- very flippantly throw around. Yeah. You know, like one minute I'm in love with burritos, the <laughs> next minute I'm saying I love my wife. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. But and that's a true story, <laughs> that progression. That was yeah, in like was 18 to 20. That was yeah. like burritos. Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. I'm yeah. glad she won out in the end. Yeah. Well, but some days I do love burritos. Yeah. And even then, like if we would take it exegetically, those passages, and we go to Corinthians, the love passages, mm. which are always read at weddings and things, like uh, they're using God to define love, not love to define God. That's so We have to be really clear on that, mm. that it's – yeah, it, it's using God as the example for love, a holy, righteous, just God who who is even full of wrath for sin, right, and who will judge. Yep. We use that God to define love rather than our idea of a warm and cuddly, fuzzy... All-inclusive. All-inclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No standard love. Yeah, and therefore we, we project that upon God. And the, the silly thing is we, we say that, you know, we want this all-inclusive, but we don't outlive that. Like, I'm not... The way that I love my wife is not the same way that I love my Joel. My Joel. I was going to say my friends. Well, it sounds like you do love me like you love your wife. My Joel. Yeah, my Joel. (laughs) This is problematic. This is an issue. Um, (laughs) But the the way that I love my wife is not the same way I love my friends. And if I did that, that is perversion. Yeah, that'd be be scary to be your friend. Yeah, exactly right. That... 
Now that's different kind of love. So we 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 live that way, but yet we speak differently. You know, and like you can mm. see the hypocrisy within us. Yeah. But the thing is, what God says and what God does, very they're 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 fully lined up. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, He has standards for those loves. So my little like rant for a second here, like my little. Have you been bears. doing that the whole time already? Yes. Yeah, we should call this podcast just like two white men ranting. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, is that how the heck can we say that we love this God mm. or understand his love if we haven't taken the time to get to know him through scripture? Mm. Yeah. Like, that's why we are so passionate about what we yeah. are doing here because you cannot say that you love this God mm. or you even understand the love of God or have any opinion on it mm. if you have not gone through Scripture for yourself and have taken the time to get to know this God. Yeah, totally. You can love, you know, like um, that's not to say uh, you're completely dismissed if you're, you know, a new Christian, you're <coughs> getting to know this God or whatever. Yeah. That's not mm. what I'm saying no, here. No, no, no. But it, it's very naive of us mm. to do that. Yeah. And that's that's a good point. Is um, we want to be uh, helpful to the new Christian as well, to the person yeah. that's just come to know the Lord and and come to enjoy Him. Is we just want to help you enjoy Him Him more. And will we do that by reading His Word, mm. by enjoying Him within fellowship and doing theology with with others? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Now we wouldn't say it like that. We're doing theology together. It, often we're just doing life together, and yeah. theology happens. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and then and discipleship. For like sure. Ultimately, that's what discipleship is. Mm. I think John Mark Homer kind of says it as it's like a fellowship of Christ. Yeah. You know, like of just mm. learning to to lovingly follow him. Yeah. Being trained by him. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah. Yeah. So God is holy. He, in his nature, he Oh, yeah, that's right. Is, that's what we're talking about. Oh, that's about. what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but just quickly, let's touch on and, and, and maybe breeze over. Um, now moving into the incommunicable attributes. The beautiful thing about God's holiness is it covers off everything we've talked about already, and then it also helps us define uh, how we live as people created in his image and redeemed by Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think specifically um, about First Peter 1, yeah. 13 to 23. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but verse 15 says, But as uh, he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Mm. Now, that is a confronting passage. It's a very confronting passage. <laughs> yeah, when we recognize our holy God and how holy he is, and now he calls us to be holy, to yeah. be set apart. So what you're touching on there, sorry, I interrupted you. But I'm used to it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What you're touching on there is the fact that because God is holy, to be in relationship with him, he mm. then sets a standard of how that is. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about covenants, right? And that's what Peter's alluding to there when he's um, when he refers to the Old Testament saying, you shall be holy for I am holy. Yeah, true. He's going, okay, so this holy God mm. is one who descends. You think about the first time he reveals his name as Yahweh mm. to us yep. uh, is in Moses. Yep, the burning bush. <laughs> yeah. In Moses. In Moses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the book of Moses. The book of Moses. <laughs> Uh, in Exodus, for all of you playing along at home. Yep. Um, don't send any hate mail to me. Send it to joel at gospellife.com. <laughs> um, is, um, he, dis- he reveals himself as a God who hears and descends. Mm. 
and and so when he sets them free, mm. takes them, kills the ones that are oppressing them, mm. takes them out and gives them the law. What he's saying to them is, "I've set you free. Yeah. I have called you, mm. and I will make covenant with you, which is a loving. This is how we're going to relate to each other. Absolutely, which is predicated by God's grace, Always. like the very fact that He has." Uh, uh, brought them out of Egypt. This is the Exodus, right? He has yeah. saved them from slavery and now be holy as I am holy. That's right. Yeah, live according to my laws and precepts. That's right. So mm. the, you know, 600 odd laws that he gives them mm. is that is ultimately saying is live as holy as I am holy. Mm. You're, rep- you're my representation here on this earth. Mm. Live this way. Yeah. And that has huge ramifications. Huge. If you think about Jesus's words, right? In Matthew five forty eight, and the Beatitudes, he's he's bringing this like new level to their understanding of the law, and um, he's talking about loving your neighbor in, in this passage, and uh, he 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 says this statement in verse forty eight. He says, "You therefore must be perfect, <laughs> like you must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect." Yeah, that's confronting. Yeah, that's concerning. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is that's disconcerting. True that that should cause us to have the same response as Isaiah, right? Yeah, woe is me, big time. I am not perfect. Mm. I cannot be perfect, right? And if your response is not that, then perhaps your view of God mm. is a little small. Yeah, our view of sin is is a little small as well. Yeah, mm. well, that's right. Like understanding the holiness of God mm. gives a greater view of what sin is. Very true. Because when you understand the, the the fact that it is so abhorrent to God, mm. even the, the smallest things, yeah, that is the highest act of you know like I think Sproul says it is it's treason. It's not yep. just like me sinning against a friend. No. And you're like, oh sorry about yeah, no we're cool. You, it's treason against a high king. Mm. Like when you understand that 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 the weight of that should be insurmountable for you. Absolutely, yeah. His holiness helps define our unholiness. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, big time. So then, right, as Jesus says, you must be perfect mm. as as the Father in heaven is perfect. Yeah. Let me phrase that just for our listeners. How do you get into heaven, Luke? Be perfect yeah. as God is perfect. Yeah, exactly oh, right. Oh, okay then. No yeah. worries. Go on. Easy. Uh, what hope is there for us? Yeah. There is no hope for you and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We need a mediator. Yeah, we need a saviour. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, in the Old Testament, there was always, God always did this. Mm. He always provided a mediator between himself and the people that he was in covenant with. Mm. So Moses was for the people of Israel. Mm. You notice he always went to Moses. Mm. Um, Abraham was the same. Mm. Um, David was for the same for the people. So that's why whenever David sinned, the whole, all of Israel suffered. There was always, yeah. and they were imperfect. Mm. He was constantly showing us in the Old Testament that you cannot be your own mediator. Yeah. You will be crushed yeah. under the weight of that. Yeah, we need a better king. We need a, a better, better prophet. King. We need a better priest. Boomtown. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Who is mm. the perfect prophet, prophet, priest, and king. Priest and king. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the whole story of the Old Testament is pointing towards this coming Messiah who would be that saviour, mm. who would be our holy God. And who would stand in our place before him as as sinners, taking upon himself our sin and the wrath of a righteous, holy God for sin, mm. so that now we might be redeemed. That's right. So let's talk about the, the so what of this in the gospel. But before we do that, let's hear from one of our sponsors. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by the Systematic Brewing Company. Adelaide's latest microbrewery brings you big, delicious beers that are handcrafted to bring out the best in flavour and the very best in you. Owned and operated by one of your brothers in Christ, each line in their range is named according to its matching Christian doctrine. For your next gathering, check out the Easy Ecclesiology Pale Ale. For something with more of a kick, take a sip of the Trinitarian IPA. Don't love beer? Systematic's new release, Original Sin Apple Cider, might tickle your taste buds. No matter what you're after, Systematic Brewing Company has something for you. Like every good microbrewery, they obviously don't have a website or a contact number and the only bottle load that you can find their beverages in is in a town that you've never heard of. So just ask around. You'll figure it out. So, uh, Luke, why should I care? Like, why should we care as believers that God is holy? Now, we've touched on a lot of this already, but... Yeah. Well, I think the first implication is a gospel implication. Yeah. We have to start there. We have to start there. Mm. The fact that, you know, everything we said, we he's perfect, we are not, yet he is a God who descends to us. He comes down the mountain, mm. which should show the, the trueness of Christianity, right? Yeah. Every other religion, you're scaling that mountain. He yep. comes down to us. Totally. So um, understanding that the, the beauty of it. So the first thing I think is the beauty of the gospel. Mm. Like if you think about how holy this God is, mm. how set apart he is, and the standard because he is holy that he has for us, yeah. he then comes and clothes himself in that humanity mm. that commit treason to him mm. every moment of every day yeah, and and provides a way for those whom he calls. Yeah. But that is an insane, like, that is beautiful. Mm. That should move us to a place of worship. So the first response actually is one of worship. Mm. And I, I know this true for myself. The more that I reflect on the, the holiness of God, the more that my worship changes. Totally. And I'm not going to throw around like, you know, like you, you, you're going to want to really worship this God. It's not just like a, a pithy, like, yes, I love you, Lord. But it mm. causes you to your core to be like, Oh my goodness, I need a... Yeah, that's so true. As we see the holiness of God, it should, and and if we have, if it doesn't, then we haven't seen the holiness of God, right? It should fill us with awe. Big time. Ultimately, it, it's awe-filled worship, therefore, that it leads us into. Mm. And that's what we want this to be. As we talk about our God, we talk about things that, like he is holy, it should lead us to worship. Big good time. theology should always lead to good worship. Yeah. And that's why, actually, as a church, mm. uh, we have that's as true. our goal. We say is we want to make disciples who make disciples full of the awe of God. Yeah, you can't be mm. a disciple if you are not full of that awe. Totally. Yeah, we need to see God for who He is, not who we want Him to be. Yeah, mm. that's right. That's so important. And that's going to be your response. That means then everything that follows after that comes from a place of worship. Yeah, you know, you're 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 pulled out of the river. Mm. You are given life. Mm you are going to be full of awe of the one who saves you. Yeah, totally. And then you're going to go, how do I live now? For sure, yeah. So it's so important to understand that that holiness of God. Mm. And, and the fact that the one who saved us is the one whom we sinned against. Yeah. Like that's a big deal. We miss that a lot. Big time, yeah. Like, I remember having conversations a lot with young people who were going, what ultimately throws you into hell? Mm. And they said sin. And I remember getting to going, no, it's it's God. Yeah. One who is sovereign, who is righteous, who is just, and will judge, and he will do all that in a holy way. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Otherwise, that's he's not so God. important. Now, now this is actually a good 
uh, thing, a uh, time to bring up um, something, a term that has been called moralistic therapeutic Ooh. deism. Now, this is a big phrase. We'll break it down for you in a minute. But this is a, a term that has been coined for essentially what most of uh, Christianity is today. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Moralistic therapeutic deeds. And what do we mean by that? We'll break it down. Moralistic is, is essentially the idea, just be good. Mm. Be a good person, you'll be fine. Therapeutic means that it, it's good for therapy. It, it, it makes me feel good. Yep. So I have a good experience. Jesus is our counsellor. Jesus is our counsellor. Or like I, I go to church and I just love the worship experience mm-hmm. and, and that's why I'm a Christian or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. And uh, and then deism is like, sure, there is a God, but he fits in with, with my life. Yeah. I, I tack him on or I define him for who I want him to be. The scary thing with this is we're not talking about another religion. Unfortunately, today we're talking about a lot of uh, of the Christian expression in our subculture, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And that that is that when you push this idea of a holy God out the door, mm. then yeah, you you live, and that's a horrible wheel to run on, really, isn't it? For sure. Because if you're not moral, mm. yeah, yeah, we, we've made that point, right? Like you cannot live up yeah. to the standard. You think about the Ten Commandments. Yeah, <laughs> like we, they're they're not like ethical problems. It's not like oh, there's grace space. No, no, no. These are like don't murder people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's right. Sure. Yeah. If you want to, yeah. Um, and then Jesus takes to the next level, right? Yeah. Like not only don't murder people, but but are you filled with hate for others? Mm. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and th- this is what um we're talking about when when you say that man um cannot. Yeah, go after God for themselves for sure because they're so steeped mm. in that. Yeah, and that's a real danger of not uh, recognizing God as holy. Is that you know the easy example for us because we're preachers, right? It is um, moralistic preaching. Yeah, that calls people to live a certain way and and leaves out the gospel mm. that is drawing people to to worship the God who has saved them. Big time. Mm. That's right. Or Preaching in a therapeutic way. True, yeah. Of going, how can this God make you feel better? You know, I want to tell you this today, you know, like mm. God wants to give you a peaceful, happy feeling or God wants to, you know, all that mm. kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Now, now these things are, are very close to the truth. I mean, let's be honest. God does call us to a standard and God is. Mm. Uh, he loves us and he cares for us and he is our Abba Father. Totally, yeah. But... It's reflecting from our, our point of view, and that's sure. such a danger. And that's why um, we believe that, um, yeah, it should be gospel-centered preaching because totally. with the gospel at the center of it all, you understand God's justice, his holiness, mm. our, our depravity yeah. in the scheme of things. Our sinfulness. You know, our yeah. sinfulness. Mm. It's so, so essential that we, we yeah. do that. Well, So personally, Luke, yeah. how does um, – because I think about this all the time. How how does an understanding of God's holiness change uh, not just how you live, mm. also that, but um, how you do church or how you think about um, preparing a sermon or pr- uh, bringing a sermon or constructing a worship service or something like that? Mm. Well, first and foremost, it becomes about that holy God mm. rather than the therapeutic for sure. side of things for me. Mm. So in in the selection of songs and all these things, it's 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 about lifting up this holy God because 
he deserves it. Yeah. You know, like it's very interesting that the seraphim's job is to sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. You know, like we get to join in with all of heaven sure. to, uh, to, to do such a thing. Yeah. And then the aspect of Zen is, is then how do we then relate to that? And that mm. is this big gospel arc that For should sure. be a part of everything that we do. Yeah. I think about um, uh, even coming to the topic of whatever ministry area we might be a part of. Uh, in in our churches, whether it is, you know, for us preaching or it's leading worship or um, helping in the kids' ministry or women's, men's, whatever it may be, is we do all of that uh, to glorify and worship a holy God. Mm. Was it uh, Jonathan Edwards who said, no, it was someone who said that I have not once feared the devil, but I tremble in fear every time I walk up to the pulpit. Mm. Which in what he's saying is, I don't fear the devil; I fear God. I reckon that was Edwards. <laughs> Edwards, yeah. Who, who I feel God, who is holy, and mm. I, I've been given the privilege and the burden of, of preaching His word. Mm. Same way with worship. Yeah. Do, do we lead worship? Do we play guitar? Do we whatever it may be? Uh, recognizing that we are doing so for a holy God. Yes, a God who is gracious and is loving and 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 forgives our mistakes. Thank goodness. Mm. But we as as leaders, as ministers, as as believers, we need to do all of those things in reflection of a God that is holy. Mm. That's that's again confronting. Yeah. So starting with that, right? If we, mm. um, if we let's get real practical for a second in the last couple of minutes we have left here. Cool. We're talking about the fact that God is holy. Mm. We now live in response to the fact that He has descended to us. Yeah. How does that affect someone? with the sin that they wrestle with in their life? <laughs> on an ongoing basis? On an ongoing basis. Well, I suppose we get to the topic of sanctification, right? Mm. We get to the Holy Spirit. And thank goodness that it's the Holy Spirit. I think we've talked about this in the past, but the Holy Spirit that is working with us in sanctifying us. Mm. Um, it's his work that we take part in. Absolutely, yeah. It's not like I'm striving and, and you know, God's going to cheer me on from the sidelines. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. instead, we uh, it's the Holy Spirit that's guiding and leading us. And, and again, we always come back to the joy of our salvation, right? We come back to the, the joy that a holy God has saved us, yeah. the God whom we sinned against has saved us. And it's that truth, it's the gospel truth and reality uh, that not only God saved us, but he is sanctifying us. In other words, he is saving us and making us holy. Yeah. That uh, that empowers our our life living, right? Our, our confrontation with sin on mm. an ongoing basis. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So uh, in the simplest of terms, right, I'll say this. The Holy Spirit works in convicting us mm. of our sins mm. and um, ultimately the sin that you hold in your life, you need to, Treat it as as abhorrent as it is towards God. Yeah, and and this is that that thing of becoming growing in our holiness mm. is that the things in your life that you know are horrible in God's eyes, they need to become that to you. Mm. And so we are called to respond by putting that to death. Yeah, and it is it's not easy. Mm. And for someone who wrestles with sin every day, mm. it's not easy because yeah. it's actually Must be hard for you. Yeah, it is really tough, like, as you float around the room. Um, is, like, it, we, we want to sin because it's fun for us. Yeah. And it, it makes me feel really good on the inside. Yeah. But the, the truth is, is that um, 
it's horrific to God. And if you mm. love this God, mm. it should become horrific to you. Yeah. So and we do this by repentance. Yeah. By and all that means is is by changing the uh, taking our attention off of the sin mm. and ultimately ourselves. Yeah. And it is putting our attention on this God. Yeah. And his love for us. Yeah. Now the big mistake we make as Christians, and I did this as a teenager, mm. Um, is and I, actually I still do it every now and then, right? Mm. Is when I sin, mm. I feel condemned. Yeah. Now condemnation is a um, it is like you are condemned to something, yep. condemned to hell. Yep. But the Bible doesn't teach us that. If you are in Christ, mm. there is now therefore no condemnation. Yeah. Romans eight. Now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and none. There is now no condemnation. Not a little bit. That's but right. there is none. Yeah. So it should cause us to actually, with a heart full of worship, mm. that there is no condemnation, to fall at the feet of Jesus and lay it at his feet. For sure. Yeah. But if you're condemned, you're going to Adam and Eve that thing. <laughs> you're going to hide. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, get them fig leaves out. Get them fig leaves yeah. out. And we do that all the time, right? Totally. So with that, then it enables us to confess to one another. It mm. enables us to, to confess it to God. So all repentance is, mm. is just looking at God rightly and responding rightly. Yeah. It's actually really simple. For sure. Yeah. But it, but it doesn't mean it's not challenging, right? Oh, big time. Because the orientation of our hearts is to consistently cover up. Big time. To seek sinfulness. I'm, I'm thinking of a specific example for people. Like you think about the temptation to to uh, lie, mm. right? And whether it be like the blatant lie or it be the self-preserving lie, mm. like saying that we did something in a certain way that maybe we didn't. But it, it makes us come out, you know, a little bit shinier. That's true. So true. Yeah, I, I know. I'm challenged by that each and every day. Uh, you think about okay, your I didn't swim. Your <laughs> you got me. Uh, did you know Luke was a swimmer? Yeah, no, I was a professional. Never mind. Um, but when we recognise that God is holy, it doesn't just change how we minister or how we worship. It changes how we live. It changes how we, you know, pull ourselves up on those things, as you just said so so beautifully. Our God is holy. Yeah. There's so much more we could talk about. Yeah, we you could talk up. about faith and works. You could talk about, and at some point we would love to talk about that mm. from James, but this is all the time we have. It is. Yeah. So is the God you worship holy? The best way to determine this in yourself as we close is to have a look at your actions. Because your actions, as Bonhoeffer says, mm. your actions must follow what you believe, otherwise you cannot claim to believe it. Very true. And so have a look at the way you act. Mm. Have a look at the way that you respond to this. Mm. And f from that, backtrack and see your heart issue. See you next week, guys. Mm.